You are listening to the Actor Aesthetic Podcast, episode 74, featuring special guest Carissa Fiorillo, former Radio City Rockette, and current member of the North American Tour of Aladdin. Let's get started. What's up, everyone? This is Maggie Vera, and welcome to another episode of the Actor Aesthetic Podcast. If this is your first time joining us, then welcome. The Actor Aesthetic Podcast is produced every single week for your enjoyment, and show notes are found at actoraesthetic.com slash podcast. You can also follow me on Instagram at Actor Aesthetic, or join our Facebook group, The Actor Aesthetic Tribe. All links are in the show notes. Now let's get on to the show. Today's episode is brought to you by my Build Your Musical Theater Audition Book online course. Now, as a musical theater actor, you know that your audition book is the most important thing that you own. Whether you're an aspiring actor in high school, a college student getting ready for summer stock auditions, or a professional gearing up for auditions in a big city, your audition book can make or break you. Desperate for some audition book inspiration? Dozens of students are finding massive success with my online course, Build Your Musical Theater Audition Book. As a student of the course, you'll gain access to videos breaking down each genre, including traditional musical theater, contemporary musical theater, and pop and rock, downloadable audition book checklists and templates to stay organized, multiple lists of song suggestions by genre and vocal type, tips on how to find the perfect audition songs, the ultimate guide to making audition cuts, and examples of 32 bar and 16 bar cuts in each genre. Ready to get started? Go to actoraesthetic.com forward slash book to learn more. Hey friends, it's Maggie. Thank you so much for joining me on another episode of the Actor Aesthetic Podcast. Today, we have the lovely Carissa Fiorillo on the podcast. Carissa is an actress currently on the road with the North American Tour of Aladdin. Her national tour credits also include Bullets Over Broadway, the Radio City Rockettes, and Guys and Dolls. Regionally, she performed at the Argyle Theater and Ogunquit Playhouse. She's also appeared as a dancer on television in Full Frontal with Samantha Bee, NBC's Upfronts, and Saturday Night Live, and also in numerous commercials and print ads. She trained in musical theater at the American Musical and Dramatic Academy, otherwise known as AMDA. Find her on Instagram at Carissa Fiorillo. It's super important to mention that this episode, along with a few upcoming episodes on the podcast, would not be possible without the wonders of social media. 2020 is the first official year that I've started to bring on guests, and Carissa and I actually connected over Instagram. Lots of times we see social media as this negative thing in our lives. But that's not always true. I think if we use social media to our advantage to network and also to brand ourselves as actors and performers, 
it can open so many doors in our individual and professional lives. So without further ado, sit back, relax, and enjoy our chat. Yay. Thank you, Carissa, so much for coming on the podcast. Thank you so much for having me. I'm a super fan of your work. I'm so excited (laughs) to be here. You are chatting over Zoom because where are you today, Carissa? I am in Greenville, South Carolina, week Mm -hmm. two of our two-week sit-down here. Awesome. (laughs) So if you could, I would love to start off with asking you where you grew up and how you got involved in theater. I grew up in a small town just outside of Tampa, Florida, um, and I started off as a dancer. At three years old, my mom was just completely obsessed with the idea of like a perfect little girl. So she put me in dance class, and I was so drawn to it that I, I became obsessed. I set my visions pretty high on becoming a Radio City Rocket. And um, I had a very supportive family who was just like, yeah, go thrive, move to New York. And so my journey was always to move to New York and become a rocket. Um, I studied tap jazz ballet, musical theater. We were more of a, a musical theater based dance studio as opposed to like competitions. He really trained us to move to New York and to like study in New York and like make it wow. there. It, I didn't realize how wonderful I had it. Like we were training in heels. We were putting on production, like huge production shows like four times a year. Yeah, I always knew I wanted to be a dancer. I moved to New York. Mm. I attended the American Musical and Dramatic Academy for Musical Theater, which is so crazy. I yeah, loved, you did. I loved AMDA. I loved AMDA so much, and I highly recommend it to anyone who's interested. Um, it was a conservatory program, so I did it in a year and a half. I went through the summer to make it a little shorter because I was like, let me out into the real world. <laughs> uh, and then I auditioned for let's see, three years until I got the call that I had booked Radio City on uh, my birthday, which was just- Oh my gosh. It was a crazy day. Yeah. And like, that was just like the start of my dance journey. Hmm. Can you share with us a little bit about your experience moving to New York and like how you found an apartment, (laughs) what neighborhoods you even looked at? I feel like this information is really important for actors to know, and there's very little information on it online. So. Oh my god! Yeah, you're right. It's it's so funny. I there was n- no question whether or not I was going to move to New York. I was always like, I'm moving to New York. I'm going to become a dancer. This is what I'm doing. So like, I never had the fear, which I'm so thankful for, that I I come from such a supportive huge Italian family that mm-hmm. <laughs> support me through all of those things. They really built a lot of confidence in myself. So when I moved to New York, I, um, when I attended AMDA, I stayed at the dorms, which uh-huh. I think spoiled me a little bit because they were on 71st street on the Upper West oh. Side. And since then I haven't lived anywhere else on the Upper West Side, which is crazy. I can't <laughs> believe it. I can't believe it. And then I moved into a two bedroom apartment mm-hmm. with three other ladies, all of which who are like, super successful and like in the business and and it was just a great time. Oh, we lived there for a while and then I found uh my studio apartment that I still live in right now with my fiance. It's mm. so funny. I found it so untypical. I found it two of my good friends were living there and they had both booked work and they were like we're leaving to go on tour in in a month. Can you take over our lease? And I was like, "Of course I." Can. Wow, perfect timing. <laughs> and I'm still there like 8 years later. Huh. Not the typical, typical story because it was pretty easy, but finding an apartment in New York and a place to escape to after auditions is so important 
so important. Like I want to come home and just cry. Cause like I had a bad day <laughs> or laugh or make a really good meal because I'm like, I killed it in that audition. I'm going to treat myself to whatever that might be for the day. Um, yeah. And having a space that you love to so important. I only recently figured that one out mm-hmm. since moving to New York and you know, somewhere that you can escape to yeah. is really, really nice to have. So important. And like the the vibe just can completely change your day. It's a safe haven in a crazy world. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. You mentioned your soon to be hubby. Ah, So I would love to, okay. So he is also in the industry, correct? He is. Yes. Yeah. So you two are both working right now. (laughs) Yes. Which is wild. Um, you're on the Aladdin tour and he is where? Oh gosh, uh, it's a little crazy right now, but he is on a Royal Caribbean cruise ship Whoa. that was in Asia, but due to the coronavirus, it has mm. been vacant at the moment, but they're transitioning them to Australia. So Whoa. we were on a 13 to 14 hour time difference when he was traveling between China and Japan. And now we're going to be on a 16 hour time difference. Holy moly. Yeah. What is that like? Tell me about it. Um, we FaceTime every morning and we FaceTime mm-hmm. every night. It's really difficult. We've never spent this much time away from each other, but we're making it work. Some days are really, really hard, really hard, but I'm so thankful. I have a partner who will never say, don't take that job because I need you to be here with me. You know, Yeah, he gets it. He totally gets it. And I've, Aladdin has always been a dream for me. Hmm. So it's so crazy. We actually booked the jobs on the same day, on the same day, like hours apart. And we had three days to pack up our apartment, find a sublet and move and do like this chapter. It was insane. And we're planning a wedding. It's a little crazy right now, but there's no one else I'd rather be going through it with. Hmm. And we have something really exciting to look forward to in May getting married and just being together. Yeah. That's so lovely. And it makes the time that you spend together so much more valuable because you know what it's like to spend a lot of time away from each other Mm -hmm. and pursue your dreams. So thank you for sharing that. Oh my gosh, of course. Thank you for asking. (laughs) So you have done both. I love this question because you have done both non-equity tours and equity tours, and you're currently on your first equity tour. Can you talk to me about the differences between the two that you've noticed? Yes, of course. Um, first of all, I think every performer should experience a non-equity tour <laughs> before they join the union. You learn so much about yourself and about the type of performer and the professionalism it requires to maintain this career. A non-equity tour that I started with was the Guys and Dolls National Tour, which is where I met my fiance, which hmm. I'm so lucky. It was a bus and truck tour, which means we travel on a bus and everything travels behind us on, on all the trucks. We would stay in a city typically for one night. You would get on the bus in the morning. You would travel to your next destination all day long. We probably didn't get a lot of sleep the night before, so you're sleeping on the bus. And you're right next to someone. So like in, in those like charter buses, like you, you have, you have no room. You're right next to that your person and they're your best buddy and they become your best friend. You're on the bus all day long. You go to the hotel. You probably have about an hour, maybe two to get some food, try and go to the gym, get yourself pumped up for the show. You 
enter a new theater, a new space that you've never been to before, the backstage area, the locals, the dressers, you do the show somehow, you make it work, you band together, <laughs> you give the best performance possible because these small towns, they need it. They need this live theater. You go back to the hotel, you get some sleep, and then you do it all over again the next day. Hmm. Insane. One-nighters, crazy, but so worth it. And now on the other <laughs> side, I'm on my first equity production contract, which mm-hmm. people would always be like, oh, this production contract is amazing. I had no idea what it meant. Like no one <laughs> now told you know. me. Now I know. <laughs> no one told me all that it entails. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's spectacular. You have to have a sit down in one city, no shorter than two weeks. So that's the minimum. Wow. Okay. And when this show first started, it was in Chicago for six months. It moved to LA for six months. So it's like small residencies in all these mm-hmm. different towns. And you're very well taken care of. We have a physical therapist um, in the theater at all times. There's a lot of rules and regulations on how long you can go between having a rehearsal. Uh, you know, you can travel a trunk with you. The, the company provides um, like the transportation of a trunk so you can have your cookware and your winter clothes when it's summer and you're, you're getting paid a really good amount of money to do what you love and to share your craft with the world. Hmm. Yeah. Any touring hacks that you've picked up along the way since touring a couple of times? Uh, yeah. I, I make uh, dates with my friends via FaceTime. Oh. It really keeps me grounded and it keeps me remembering um, kind of like who I am as a person because on tour you create this tour bubble Mm -hmm. and it's kind of everything is involved with just the people around you and you kind of forget that you're like a grounded human being. Um, That's a tour hack that I, I try to stick to. I recently started doing the five minute journal. Have you ever done that? No, but I've heard of it. Oh girl. I totally recommend it. (laughs) It it keeps my, my mindset really, really positive. Um, when, when you're doing the same work over and over again, at times it can be difficult. Um, mm-hmm. Let's see, tour hacks. I try to dedicate my show to someone in the audience. Mm-hmm. And I like, think I'm, I'm do- I want to do it for that person, like the little girl in the front row dressed up as yeah. Jasmine or, or whatever it may be. <laughs> um, what else? I try to treat myself to like a really good local meal yeah. in every city because I'll probably never come back to Greenville, South Carolina ever again. Mm-hmm. And I always bring my pillow with me. My mom mm-hmm. told me, she was like, bring your, like when I first started this, like away from home adventure, she said, always bring your pillow because it'll be like a sense of home. So I always mm, bring it. I love that. <laughs> She's the best. <laughs> Have you ever, are, I don't know if you're currently in, are you in an Airbnb right now? I am in an Airbnb. Yeah, talk to me about yeah. that because funny enough, my younger sister is also an actress. And when okay. she was like nine, 10 years old, she went on a national tour, equity <sighs> tour. Incredible, like incredible human. But she, I learned a lot from her on that tour. However, this was like 10 years ago. And so Airbnb was, I don't even know if it was a thing yet. So now it's become this massive thing. And I'm curious what that's like. Like, do you use the money? Because on equity tours, I know that you're granted hotels and, and stuff like that. But do you use the money if you decide not to use the hotel reservation for an Airbnb? Yes. So we have, uh, we get 
a certain amount of per diem every week. And with that per diem, you choose to stay in the company reserved hotel, which differs from city to city. You can stay in an Airbnb or like I was lucky enough to be home in Tampa, Florida for the holidays and I stayed at home and I got to keep all of my per diem. Airbnb has totally changed the game. A hundred percent. Like I feel like I'm I'm at home. I'm in an Airbnb with two other roommates. We we're cooking breakfast. We're walking mm-hmm. home together. We watched The Bachelor last night. Like it's just it's a sense of home and it's a sense of um freedom from being in a hotel. There are people who prefer hotel life because you know, then someone comes up and cleans after you and right. It's it's a little bit different, but Airbnb has totally changed the game. And it's kind of fun to to find those gems of spots yeah. in the next city because it can totally change your your perspective of the town if you have like a really fierce Airbnb. Wow, that's so fun. And it most of the time it's it's cheaper than hotels. Huh? For all everyone oh. listening out there who's <laughs> planning to go on tour. <laughs> so anyone who's going on tour, <laughs> check out Airbnb because you might actually be saving money. Yeah. Ironically, which is because some of those Airbnbs, I mean, have to be absolutely beautiful. Stunning. And if you, you know, I have my own room, but if you have roommates, you know, you can walk home together. You can still like have like a sense of like, um, like a friendship outside of the theater and it's cheaper. Like, yeah. Hit me up if you need any Airbnb recommendations. (laughs) (laughs) What are you doing in the meantime when you're not performing? What are your survival jobs? Oh yes, I've had so many. Um, currently, I'm um, haven't we all? Fit- <laughs> haven't we all? Right? I moved to New York when I was 18 years old. I feel like I have like an unending list of survival jobs. Um, but currently, I'm an instructor at F45. It's a cool. fitness, um, company in Manhattan, and yeah, it finished instructors are such a great survival job in Manhattan because you're staying fit, you're creating connections, you're you're creating a, a clientele. Um, and I also uh, work for Tryon Entertainment. It's an entertainment company in Manhattan, and they do a lot of high-end events, whether it's modeling or dancing, or they put on like production numbers for really, really rich people. Um, and <laughs> it's it's a it's an outlet for to like be able to dance and perform when you're not um, like currently in a contract. Those have been the two main things that have gotten me through on the times that I wasn't booked. Yeah. Mm. That's great. Really yeah. important to know because actors equity every year, at least almost every year, they post um, a breakdown of the numbers for employment. So mm-hmm. how many actors are working on average, how many actors actually worked in the year. And in 2017, there were like 51,000 members of the union, including stage managers and actors, but only 18,000 of them were working or worked at one point, even if it was for a day, at one point in the year, which is crazy. Which is crazy. Like my jaw is is completely yeah. open. Like that's <laughs> insane. It's really crazy. So it puts a lot of that into perspective. I mean, that's really important to know if mm-hmm. you're interested in, in going into this industry because it's not going to be, you know, a Broadway show after Broadway show or tour after tour. It just won't be that way. There are so many periods of our life that mm-hmm. we are having to survive in a big city that's very expensive and we can't do that just by performing. My next question is do you have an agent and if so how did y'all find each other? 
Yes, I do have an agent. I'm currently signed with Block, which I mm-hmm. am obsessed with. I had an agent before Block and we just didn't really mesh together. We mm-hmm. we said goodbye like in a great way. It was great. And then I was like, I'm going to do my own thing. A friend of mine had been signed with Block and, you know, recommended me and my good mm. friend, Liz Dugas, she was like, I think she, you guys would be a great match. And I also knew one of the agents as well. Sean was a former dancer and has now moved to be an agent within Block. And I went in and I find myself a very confident person. And I kind of <laughs> just said, this is what I want. I'm going to get it. Would you like to represent me? And they called me, I think, a couple days later. And they're like, yeah, let's do it. Yay which I then was about, I was in the city for about a month until um, Aladdin called and they were like, hey, uh, can you come out in three days? And mm-hmm. so our, our relationship has been short, but I'm very hopeful that we can do a lot more wonderful things. Oh, for come. sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. You have an agent and I know that's only been short, but um, mm-hmm. even on your tour, do you find yourself having to submit like um, video auditions and stuff, self-tapes? Oh, for sure. And a lot of my castmates are also doing the same yeah. thing. You know, I think right now the buzz is around Moulin Rouge and mm-hmm. and that is going on tour. So <laughs> a lot of self-tapes have been made. And, and one of the great things about this production contract is if an audition comes up in the city, you can take a personal day, which you have to like put in a request for to go into Manhattan and audition for it. Because, you know, they understand that if and when the show closes, you need to have a job that's one thing I really respect about this union. Yeah, you have to have your audition book. You have to be ready to do a, a self-tape. You have to kind of be ready and on your toes tip for the next thing to come because it'll always have a closing date, yeah. Mm-hmm. And we always help each other out too. We'll, we'll read for the other person and <laughs> we'll, we'll give some pointers on whatever dance moves they need to do, which is A always- good castmate. Yeah, good castmate, <laughs> right? We need that. <laughs> That's so great. Again, I know that you have an agent, but are you also on sites like uh, Actors Access or Backstage, any of those guys? Yeah, I uh, try to stick to Actors Access for a lot of film and like that type of work. I, I'm not really on Backstage anymore. I don't know. I made, I made a transition too. I think when you join equity yeah. you realize that a lot of the auditions already posted yeah. through equity yeah. and so backstage just becomes another expense yeah. to be honest so that makes a lot of sense definitely but I find it actors access definitely helpful my fiance yeah. uses it a lot for just like commercials and background work and yeah he he likes that one a lot I know you've done a, a ton of work on screen as well so you've done commercials and TV and mm-hmm. I saw you were on SNL. Girl. I love me some SNL. What's the difference between performing and even auditioning for that kind of stuff versus stage? Yeah, it's 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 so different. The vibe in the room, just walking in, is so different. And um, I'm told often that I have a very ethnically ambiguous look, and so that <laughs> is something that people are really drawn to. That I had no idea that I could like follow that route and do that stuff. Um, the biggest one that comes to mind, I went in for this Zips dry cleaning commercial. I had no idea what I was going in for. I met my partner <laughs> like 30 minutes ahead of time in the park, like down in Union Square. And we like made up a cute little, like I felt like we were in a, in a movie or something. We made up a oh. little partnering dance. We went in the room and we did it. I was called back and then I booked it. Like I, I think just being 
prepared in the knowledge that we're taught in school about being prepared, knowing what you want to accomplish in the room and just like showing your best self really help in the film and screen world uh, to be noticed and to hopefully book. Mm-hmm. That's fascinating too. And commercials, I know for sure, move so much quicker oh. than, than theatrical work. Would you agree? Oh, 100%, which makes the stakes so much higher, right? <laughs> and I, I'm kind of into it. Like I'm kind of intrigued and in, in following that path a little bit more. But then I get scared cool. because I'm like, but wait, musical theater is really hard. And like, how do I split my difference between the two of them? But hmm. I'll find it. Yeah, you'll find it. Don't you worry. Does your agent also represent you in that way or are they primarily for musical theater and theater? They do, which is so awesome. The first couple That's amazing. Yeah, the first couple of things I did in the city, they were sending me out for um like a hot sauce commercial and oh, yeah. I did this other print work which was really really cool and yeah I'm really happy with my agent block is awesome there's I'm Heck I'm yeah, so block. happy yeah block's really cool. yeah that's awesome <laughs> cool well I my final question for you is what advice would you give to young performers who want to pursue a career in this crazy crazy business my truthful slightly harsh answer a teacher at AMDA told me this once he said if there's anything else in the world that you have a calling for that like really excites your soul not like I guess I could do this it really excites your soul like maybe teaching musical theater to young children or or fixing cars or being a chef or whatever if you have a different calling pursue that because if you're not 100% laser focused on making auditioning your job and and being the best performer possible it's it's not going to work. It's just too hard. It's too hard. But if you stick to it and and you work really hard and you be the best performer that you can, you keep training, you stay on your game. It's really worth it when you finally get those big contracts and your dreams come true. Amen. Yeah. I think that young performers need to know that. Mm -hmm. I think it's important to stay realistic, Mm -hmm. but at the same time, you know, if you have a passion, then you will never work a day in your life. If you're, if you're, if you're doing what you love, I mean, it's not going to come easy, but as long as you're persistent, there's room in this industry for everyone. Thank you for sharing that. I think that's really important to hear for sure. Thank you for asking. I think that's really important to ask as well. I really do. I really do. Thank you. Well, thank you, Carissa, so much for joining us today. I really appreciate you taking the time from your crazy schedule out on the road. Oh my gosh. I'm so lucky to to be in Agra, but to talk to you as well. Thank you so much. Yeah. Thank you, Carissa. If you've enjoyed today's episode and you found it helpful, I would love it if you could screenshot it, tag at Actor Aesthetic, and share it to your Instagram stories so that I can see who is following along with me there. If you haven't already, please be sure to rate and review the podcast on iTunes and also hit that subscribe button so that you can join me every single week for a brand new episode of the Actor Aesthetic podcast. Until then, this is Maggie Barrow signing off. It takes a village. I'll see you next week.